Hey gang! Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is funded by Patreon. Join for early access to special bonus episodes and exclusive material, including the upcoming Scooby-Doo Book Club. Joining is the best way that you can be a part of shaping the material we produce, and we are super thankful to everyone who contributes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Matthew Bang, Blake Sawyer, Ashley Martinez, Dan Reed, Gabriel Pesek, Toj, Jade Core, Wynn Richport, Samuel Chesser, Bradford N. Smith, Page on Gaming, and Alicia Harper for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching I Scooby-Dooby-Doo. I was going to say, who's this lady that everybody seems to know? That's such a good friend of the gang that Shaggy is the best friend at this wedding. You mean best man? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Not best friend. That's not an official wedding position. Although, it should be, because then it would be far less gendered. And that would be good. Best friend and honored guest. That's what I would change those to. I would personally just cancel the whole fucking thing. Wedding traditions? Barf. Oh, you you and Daphne would definitely disagree on that one. She's all about the traditions in this episode. Barf. Well, whether we like it or not, someone's getting married today. Not if I have anything to say about it. (laughs) Well, it happened. We watched the episode. I'm pretty sure the wedding took place. It did, right? At the end? Yes, it did. It didn't... That'd be a... Bit of a a bummer ending if it ended with no wedding. Says you. I don't think they're good for each other at all. Well, they're not really fully rounded characters, so I don't have a full assessment of that. My actually, can I can I be honest about something? My at first glance for this episode didn't even realize that this was a bride and groom at first. It felt more like an episode of The Bachelor. I think that's just what my mind goes to at first when I see a man in a tuxedo professing his love. Which is so very sad. (laughs) It is, isn't it? So very sad. Men, normalize wearing tuxedos in non-bachelor environments. Yeah, like you should be in tuxedos every day after 6pm, unless you're a farmer. I mean, you have standards. The best 30 Rock quote. That, that is a 30 Rock joke that sticks with us. That and the two coffee cups. <laughs> it's my natural. I feel like I don't remember anything from 30 Rock apart from those two jokes. It's been a minute. I remember more than those two jokes, but those are the best jokes. A lot of tuxedo action today. Not sure how to get into this one. I... I mean... Just do a premise. I will. I don't have an at-first glance. Yeah, the at-first glance, like... It's, 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 It's an opening. It's cold open. Ooh, there's a monster. Here's a premise. (laughs) The gang attend the wedding of two if they're close friends. But Kimmy, the bride-to-be, is superstitious and would consider the appearance of a vengeful ghost bride as a bad omen. So when one turns up, bridesmaids Daphne and Velma have to keep her oblivious of it. 
while still trying to solve the mystery with the rest of the gang. First off, love how you read if, the, the air that's actually in that, the text right there. That's what's written on Scoobypedia. Second off, it is one small part of the episode that they have to keep the bride oblivious. It is one joke. I mean, and then it carries on. I'm fine with that being part of the premise, but I think you could say that in a Why more elegant. Though? You can say it's it in an elegant way. It's a hook. It's not the story. It's a. It's not the story, but it's a hook. They have to solve a mystery without letting the bride find out. Bam. But then the bride herself isn't in there as a foil. It's one joke. Well, I mean, this is where. I feel like it should be in the premise, but also should be in the episode, <laughs> which is not quite what we saw. Just a case of different priorities as it ended up getting written. I don't understand why Scooby-Doo premises have to be any more complicated than Ghost Bride shows up. She's a ghost. She's a bride. Ghost Bride. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the gang attend a wedding, but there's a Ghost Bride? Uh-oh. I do think every premise should end with uh-oh. Just just to show that it's not a welcome thing. Yes. And, and Unless it is, in which case it could be the gang attend a wedding. But what's this? A ghost bride? Yay! <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a wedding where there was no bride. And now, you know, ghost bride is better than no bride at all. So you're going to break up a gay couple's wedding? <laughs> oh no! You're going to... Force a bride on one of the grooms currently getting married? Oh, God. God, Billy. What a terrible episode that would be. Well, that's what you just pitched. Oh, my God. But, like, imagine a Scooby-Doo where, like, the master criminal plan of the ghost bride is like, There's no bride at this wedding. It can't go on. You could at least have the Scooby gang then, like, defending the gay couple's right to get married. And I think it's about time that Warner Brothers shows some bravery and has the Scooby gang take a stance on this. I want to know that Shaggy is pro-gay marriage. It's, uh, it's, it's 2020 right now. It's 2016 when this episode should have aired. It's 2021. Holy fuck. Well, that's fine. Because this episode, I was going to mention, should have aired in 2016 didn't actually air until 2017. There was like a big long gap in between. I think even 2015 it should have aired. I think it was like a two-year gap. Okay. We're still covering it now, though, because we don't we break are. up seasons. We don't. And I think that the creators of Be Cool, no matter what we've said, I think they would agree with us on, boy, would have been nice if it all aired at once. It's the only thing me and the showrunner can agree on. Yeah. Well, what member of the gang do you want to pick apart first? I think with the news of a new Velma show coming, we'll start with the Velma vision here. What the fuck is her deal? In every episode, she has to be verminently against anything feminine. Mm -hmm. And instead of just walking in high heels like a normal person, heel toe, heel toe, takes two seconds to figure out. It's super not she difficult. adopts the mountain goat style of stomping and jumping around. Yes. Is she on cocaine? Like, what the- Whose mind process would immediately go, it's a little hard to walk in these shoes, instead of, say, switching into flats that your floor-length dress covers? Yeah. 
she hikes up the dress all the way up to her fucking coochie and then stomps around <laughs> like a mountain goat. She, she then, like, she sort of uses it as leverage in a way. Like, she's a... She, it definitely changes the way that she uses her body. Because she now, like, plants herself more solidly. I... It's... It's very bizarre. Is she on cocaine? It's a legitimate question. Look, because this is the mental processes of someone on cocaine. Sometimes, to get through a family event, such as a wedding... This a isn't little, a family event. They're invited as friends. Well, they're at, someone else's family is there. And let me tell you, one family is much like another. So maybe if Elma needs a little recreational drug use to get through it, that's not such a bad thing. That actually, I I can kind of headcanon it that Velma's tripping a little bit today because she's acting bizarre and I don't think it's just the dress. Coke is not on the recreational scale of drug use. Is this not what I should be saying? Hey, everybody, it's cool. <laughs> you sent everyone to Coke. <laughs> Please, God, no. All right, all right. We've already done the 80s. We don't need to do it again. Okay, I guess Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is not pro-Coke. Whatever. Uh, I guess because, you know, all you who are about to send me a free sample, just put that right back in your pocket. Billy, you literally saw a tweet last night that you read and then made me read with the caveat of it me. And what was it that the person was talking about? Like, I can't even do this. A line of coke would kill me. It was that I get such a dopamine rush from changing the background on my phone. Yeah, that, that a line of coke would instantly kill yeah, you. Yeah, all right, I won't do coke. It's been a long pandemic. I'm just looking for something new. <laughs> v- Velma, though, she's in a she is a bridesmaid. Let's make that clear. She is a bridesmaid in a bridesmaid dress, and this is what gives her new powers. She's never felt so athletic and tall. She is in two-inch heels, and she is on such a power trip that she will hike up that dress and show everyone her crotch at a moment's notice, because this new Velma is tall and likes to expose herself. I actually, I made a fun little typo here as I was making my notes, but I would like to point you towards my all caps, ACTION MAN VELMA WITH THE POWER OF HELLS. Because that she does have the power of hell on her side today. She feels, athle- you know, like you said, she feels athletic, alive, tall. And she she is taking Fred's place as the action man today. Stomping, jumping, punching people in the face. This is Velma at a goddamn wedding. It's Daphne that tackles the ghost at the end, though. Only be- with and Velma's, you Vel- know, helping Daphne to learn the power of this athleticism. I don't recall her trying to punch anyone. Maybe that was just in my heart. Okay. I I often, I have the plot that I see with my eyes and the plot that I see with my heart mm-hmm. in Scooby-Doo. And the plot that I saw with my heart, Velma was swinging blows. Doing blow and swinging them. Mm-hmm. Also, great... Great burn from her right at the beginning of the episode, talking about her own bridesmaid's dress. The last time I saw an outfit this terrifying, Fred was pulling a mask off of it. That's a burn you could use in real life. Bridesmaid's dresses aren't ugly anymore. And I think the trope of the ugly bridesmaid's dress started... 
because the 80s (laughs) was a decade. And all fashion was piss poor in the 80s. So like these big, hideous, stupid, puffy dresses are on the bridesmaids. Yes, look just a little bit over at the bride herself. She is in a monstrosity that Mm -hmm. is the same as her bridesmaids, but just in white. I mean, do you remember the dress that Ariel ends up in? Oh, and Little Mermaid? And it's like pink and puffy and awful. And it's like, that's just the 80s, yo. Yeah, I mean, uh, they, they try and do the joke that, like, you want your bridesmaids in ugly dresses so you look better. But, like, you want your wedding photos to look great overall. Yeah. You want everyone to go back and look at your wedding photos for the time that they looked pretty good. Like, it's not a tradition to have ugly bridesmaids. It just happened in the 80s. When it was all ugly. It was an ugly-ass decade. Well, when you think about it, like, would there have been a point before the 80s that they started making rom-coms involving brides? You can't think of shit like that before the 80s. A 70s movie with a bride? Unfathomable. (laughs) Well, only because, like, a woman starring in a vehicle would be... uh, That would be bizarre. (laughs) You want a grizzled old man who's going after a shark in the 70s. That's the only acceptable plot. I'm kind of on board with this film. I mean, it's stupid. It's a stupid reason for her to get there, but it is fun. It is fun for her to be jumping around. Sure. And then on the other end of the spectrum, but very similar dress, is Daphne. Um, it's, it's the only time I've seen... It is legitimately the worst thing I have seen Daphne in. She's usually fairly fashionable, but this pink and puffy and covered in bows. Even with the purple, it's not especially her style. The high collar, so they all look like, I don't know, vampires? I I don't understand what's happening with the high collars. It's not a good look for anyone. But Daphne, being uh, the image of grace and beauty, still works it. She glides around in that dress and heels. Makes it look like she's not walking, she's gliding. And this makes sense because this would be the world in which Daphne was raised. A very elegant world of balls and pretty dresses. She would know how to glide under that dress. I mean, I would raise you that American people with money have absolutely no class whatsoever, so they wouldn't. This is like European-style sophistication. Well, I mean, she's... And I think her... Growing up does have a lot of European influence because she's very into the wedding traditions, very old school stuff. She knows all these little like one-off gags they writ- they wrote for this one where it's like, oh, remember, put pins in your shoes so that your husband uh, gets a good job. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something like that. It's probably a real tradition that I just don't know about because I'm a stupid man. I'm pretty sure putting pins in your shoes on your wedding day is good. How could it be good? Because you would step on the pins and you would get hurt. I don't know. People are stupid. She does falter and falter a lot because as soon as she goes outside to this outdoor wedding, she suddenly has no idea how to walk in heels on Fucking this terrain. Lies. What Daphne the hell? Outpaced the Harlem Globetrotters in a swamp in heeled shoes way back in the seventies. Fuck all y'all with this nonsense. I I was gonna write down that. Like, if anybody can walk in heels on rocky terrain, it's Daphne Goddamn Blake. 
Now, she is very much in love with the idea of a wedding here. Do you think it's just because it's a fancy occasion? Who knows what's going through this Daphne's head. I mean, she's usually running around in Converse in a dirty van with, like, a talking dog, so I don't think it's the fanciness that draws her to anything. I feel like it, it is the traditions. This is obviously a child that needs a very strict routine, or mm. she descends into madness. Uh, a la puppets, or face masks, or some stupid oh, garbage bullshit. Okay. Sorry, I was confused. I thought you were saying puppets needed a strict routine, or they would fall into madness. <laughs> but you were saying that that is an example of the madness that Daphne has fallen into. That makes much more sense. Yes, because that is what I said. Why does your goblin brain just take what I say and ignore it? I was, no, I was listening. I just, when you said a la puppets, I thought you meant, for example, puppets require a strict routine. Why would I ever say that? I don't know. That's why I was slightly confused. And then you kept talking and I I understood the context. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, that was really funny that I had that misunderstanding. Let me tell her this funny misunderstanding that I had. And it was very, very funny. In contrast to the two girls, I have a very important note for Fred, and that's that he attends the wedding. I think that's all he does. I don't think Fred does a lot this episode. (laughs) I... no. Other than wear the wrong suit jacket. If he's gonna wear the ascot like that, instead of the blue bow ties that everyone else in the groom's party is wearing, he needs to have tails on that jacket. I did write down that he wore a tuxedo with a blue ascot. And as much as I appreciate him changing up the color, it does seem off a little bit. Do you think that's actually just the tie they gave him, but he only knows how to tie an ascot? I mean, it looks better. Everyone should be in the blue ascot, but then everyone needs to be in tails. But wouldn't that take away from the groom? There's only, there's so, there's so, so limiting Then put fancy the groom menswear. in tails as well. That's what I'm saying. Like, now everyone, well, I guess the- No one goes to the wedding for the groom, Billy. That's a good point. I, I hate weddings. Fucking hate weddings and marriage and all this bullshit. So pr- pretty biased against this episode from the start, eh? How did you feel about the one moment where Fred stands up and after, like, the Daphne's big and passion speech, she asks something like, are we ready to do this? And Fred stands up and says, we Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Did he? He does. He says, we Scooby-Dooby-Doo. And then everyone just kind of pauses and he looks and they look at him and he's like, I wanted to say it this time. I have no memory of this. Oh, I was a good moment. And in my mind, fucking hilarious when you remember it's Frank Welker either way. Playing Scooby or Fred. So it could have very well been Frank just getting confused in the booth. (laughs) Shaggy and Scooby. Shaggy is the best man. Who the fuck is Shaggy to these people? That's what I want to know. Who are any of them to these people? Because the people getting married are both from so distinctly different worlds that there is no way that there is a cross-mingling between both their families, and then whatever the fuck the Scooby gang's got going on. They all seem to know them. Like, I can understand. You don't get to be a bridesmaid unless the bride likes you, is the thing. Like, I, I, I can understand the episodes where it's like, oh, here is, uh, my, my relative, my cousin. We're gonna go hang out with him right now. 
or this is, you know, this is a friend that has invited us to their house. But when it's a wedding, a, we a wedding feels like it demands much more. And so the fact that we don't know these people at all blows me away. And I think a bit of a missed opportunity. If you, in this day and age, could do a little world building, a little intermingling throughout the episode, have it be two characters from previous episodes who've now met. Maybe Shaggy introduced them. From You know, we met at the uh, Scooby Gang alumni, <laughs> mystery alumni banquet that you hold every year. Da da this that version of Daphne would 1000% host an alumni banquet for everyone affected by villains that they have caught over the course of the year. I was going to agree with you until you got crazy like that, that it had to be from this series. If they want to try and reuse villains from past iterations of the Scooby Gang, they should have reused characters. Should have been <gasps> Googie up there getting married. Oh my god, that would have been so much better. And then Shaggy could have had the added element of not only being, like, stage shy to give a speech and monster shy, but also, like, a Googie is my ex-girlfriend Yeah, oh, it's anxiety. my ex-girlfriend, yeah. Oh, I would have loved it if it was Googie. Who would Googie marry? If, if it has to be two people that we've met previously, who would Googie marry? Well, now do you want a legitimate answer? Or do you want... I, I first want the funniest answer you can think the of. The funniest answer I can think of is the sexy vampire lady from the ghoul school. Oh, hell! Because she was into werewolves. And I think a vampire and a werewolf are very close to each other. Yes! With just the hair separating the two of them. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, some boring white dude because she was attracted to Shaggy in the first yeah, place. Yeah, probably. My funny answer uh, was going to be from Zombie Island. You ain't never caught him and you ain't never gonna did. The werecat creature? Yes. <laughs> he would still be in a werecat creature form. Okay, so Jacques as a werecat. Yes. Um, but my, so we both went monstrous. We did. My serious answer would maybe be the uh, the gardener from that, from also that movie. Bo? Bo. I think, and then Velma could be like, oh, it's my ex. <laughs> yeah. I think Googie and Bo should get married. <laughs> All right, that's a stupid tangent we just took. Shaggy and or Scooby Notes. Um, Scooby is ordained. <laughs> I forgot. Because this but, is yeah. California, so just do whatever the fuck you want. They ordained a dog. Scooby-Doo is ordained in the church. <laughs> and uh, my last note is that... Last note. I have like, Why is that funny? Because I have like 10 notes. Okay, well then my last note before Billy goes on a monologue is that for some reason Shaggy had to handcraft the wedding ring. Did I hear that correctly? No, I don't think he handcrafted it. I just think as the best man, he was holding on to it. I'm sure I heard the word like handcraft or made or something that implied that Shaggy had to make the wedding rings. That would be bizarre. I want it to be true. Um, I'll, I'll headcanon it. We're headcanoning things all over the place. So let's make... That Googie is a bisexual attracted to furries. Yeah, that Velma is high on coke to get through this wedding, and Shaggy is a jeweler. 
<laughs> is Shaggy being a jeweler more bizarre than Scooby being ordained? Let's consider that for a moment. There will be no definitive answer to it. Uh, Shaggy had accidentally swapped the wedding ring with an olive. Great that Fred made him check, because uh, he had accidentally put the wedding ring on a sandwich, and it was a prosciutto sandwich, and prosciutto without olives is for amateurs. Shaggy's big drama in this episode is that he needs, as the best man, to give a speech, and he has no idea what the speech is going to be. So far, he's only written, like because he knows that's got to be in there somewhere. But he ends up giving it as the wrap-up at the end of the episode. As a very, like, here is how the mystery was done, and also a treatise on love and marriage and relationships. Ugh. And I, oh, I really Barf. liked it. I liked it. Barf. It was just fun to see him accidentally give the perfect speech. As if we didn't 100% see that coming. Surely, Billy. Yeah, we all saw, we all saw it coming. Ugh. Billy is so bad at picking up tropes. And yet he went through university for film studies. I can, I can think about a film afterwards, but when I am, when I like to, when I'm in the shit, I don't know what's coming at me. It's, I'm just surviving it. And then I look back on it. And that's when I learn. Who are our minor mentions? Nate is the groom. Yes. He's... And his, his bride, Kimmy. No, I wrote down here, Nate, ha he has self-esteem issues. But he is also so annoying that he should have self-esteem issues. Where did you get self-esteem issues from? At the beginning, when he's uh, in the cold open, when he's sort of practicing his speech or trying to talk to Kimmy, uh, it ends up being the ghost bride, and that's why she's not talking to him. But it feels like he has some self-esteem issues, and he needs to work on himself. Kimmy's the same. She is at the level of superstitious, where it's like, why do you even get out of bed in the morning? So obnoxious. So fucking obnoxious. Like, Nate starts getting pissy about it towards, like, the end of the second act. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you should be. That's, that's a little annoying. This goes way beyond seeing the bride before she appears to walk down the aisle. Yeah. Like, this is crazy levels of superstition. And it's only going to get worse. It's clearly a neuroses. They are not made for each other. I don't care what Shaggy has to say. Oh, they overcame the differences because their families hate each other. So what? Like, that doesn't mean they have anything in common. Yeah. Besides spite for their families. Obvious spite. Do you think Romeo and Juliet were actually in love? No. Well, they only knew each other like a week. Three days. That's, That's not enough time to kill yourself over someone. <laughs> yeah, uh, also, with Nate and Kimmy, we have Nate and Kimmy's moms. Both of their moms are in this episode. They both don't like who their children are marrying. Nate's mother also hates the DJ booth. She she is obsessively controlling everything about where this wedding is planned, which is annoying. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Which, which, is it the bride's family that normally pays for a wedding? Yeah. So she has, like, the least say in where things should be. But then at the end, the bride's mother is just like, you have to pay for it all. 
Why? Shouldn't it be the bride and groom? It's their party. Yeah. They're grown adults. Mm-hmm. There's another character who isn't seen, but I do want to give special mention to. The wedding videographer, who somehow edited the whole video for it to actually be screened at the wedding itself. That is insane dedication. Normally, you get that footage afterwards, a few weeks. To screen the wedding video at the wedding itself is madness. And I, I, I know they didn't tip him well. <laughs> so I'm just giving him a good review right now. Hire this wedding videographer. Well, like, was his lighting all right? How were his angles? It looked good he... for me. He captured the ins and outs of a mystery. But not the wedding. You're paying good money for wedding footage. I recently saw a video of someone whose wedding footage was interspliced with something that they did not approve or ask for. Yes, and it was wonderful because what it was spliced with was the Muppets Take Manhattan. When the Muppets and Sesame Street people are all in the aisles, watching the wedding approvingly. They didn't ask for that. Oh, but it, they, I'm not sure if that was a real, like, I think that might have been, I'm putting this on the internet real. Not, I'm giving this to my clients real. I don't know. People are really stupid and bad at their jobs. They are. I mean, and it could have been, here's an edit I did for myself for fun. Oh, fuck, I accidentally sent it to them. That, I think, is, is a likely scenario. Well, let's move on to talk about our villain, the Ghost of the Cliff Bride. At the very least, a very nice backstory for this character. It is a ghoulish ghost who is constantly wailing and crying because a hundred years ago, her wedding photographer was taking a picture of a large wedding party on a cliffside and had everyone back up off the cliff. Or the cliff broke off, killing everyone in her family. And her only wedding photo is herself right after that moment. And I assume, because she is in her gown as a ghost, perhaps she jumped off as well. This, this is a good ghost backstory, because it involves a not insignificant amount of death. And visually, pretty good as well. Her wedding dress isn't white, though, so you know what that means. She was a big whore. Well, yeah, no one ever said she didn't get a little... <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Bride's big whore, everyone. I would think that maybe some of that could be from the ravages of age. Whore. Maybe. No, okay, pure whore. Um, what is, who is this, and what's the master criminal plan? It's both of their mothers. And they're literally just trying to wreck their children's wedding because they're mad fucking bitches. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Now, feasibility, I'm going to say no, specifically because what ended up happening is it drove these two crazy kids closer together. I'm going to take it to the opposite end of the spectrum then. If these two are doing all this on their wedding day, you don't think that in six months' time it's going to be even worse? Yeah. You They're going to be highly involved in their kid's life, if nothing else. Like, you know that Reddit board, Am I the Asshole? Both of these <laughs> two... Both of these two are going to be on that board all the fucking time talking about their mothers-in-law. I would absolutely love if they were the ones on the Am I the Asshole Reddit, though. 
Like, imagine, like, my daughter was gonna marry someone who would have been really bad for her. So I dressed up as a ghostly bride and scared him off. Now she's not talking to me. Am I the asshole? It's not even that we learn anything about these two characters that we might know that they're bad for each other. Besides mm. that she's superstitious and he's weak-willed. Like that's that's the, their only their only traits. Those are the only things we see about Nate and Kimmy. Thank you for chiming in, hallway baby. Back by popular demand, there it is. But I mean, the mothers don't even give a reason why their children shouldn't be married besides, oh, we don't like that person's family. Yeah. Then, okay, here's the wedding. Now you're done. No, you're right. You never have to see that side of the family ever again. It's not like now you have to have every holiday together. Move across the country, and now you're free. Do you have a terror scale for the ghost of the cliff bride? I wrote down a five. She's at about the same level as the banshee at the music hall. Very so, similar. depending on whatever level that banshee was, I cannot remember what I rated her, but I'll give the bride the exact same. So if it's five, good, I guessed it. If it's higher or lower, it's what she is. I'm gonna go with a seven, uh, which is a pretty high for this series, but I think the backstory really makes it for me. I like a good backstory with a villain today, and <laughs> today that's important to me, and that's what's hitting me right now. So, haha. Do you have any other general thoughts or feelings? No. I have a few. The bad techno music during the chase is completely perfect for a wedding. I've been to too many white people's weddings where the music is essentially the cha-cha slide. And yep. yep Another this, reason why I don't go to weddings? This little, like, Yep. As basic techno as you can get, that should be correct. Didn't mention before, but I like the sequence where the gang are opening wedding gifts and throwing them at her. <laughs> Can't throw the wedding gift unopened. <laughs> that was just a fun little sequence. And also, the fact- Ever, They're opening these gifts like they contain any great sentimental meaning. Like, they pull out a toaster and are like, aww! Like, that is the most basic wedding gift you it can is. possibly give. Who's And who's getting married nowadays before they're buying a toaster? Yeah! Who's getting married nowadays before living together right? and oh. owning appliances already? Finally, today on my wedding day, I can stop eating this uncooked bread. Also, I do think that this marriage is cursed because it does have the worst omen when the wedding cake is hit by a meteor. We don't mention that much in the episode, but there was a meteor strike. And it, it affected the cake, which, as you mentioned, is the most important part of any wedding. The only reason to go. And you know what? That was just me exaggerating. Because A, I hate cake. And B, wedding cake is like 95% yeah. fondant. And fondant is inedible garbage. What's the best event cake? What do you mean? Where you... Because you have a wedding cake. You have a birthday cake. You have a, a sad, sad funeral cake. What is, I've never been to a funeral with cake, all right? I'll go along with you. No, you don't have cake at funerals. You have very small sandwiches. Can you imagine, though? Cut, who cuts the cake at a funeral? The widow? <laughs> well, listeners, that about wraps it up from us. No, I want to hear your answer. What's the best cake out of those three? Out of those really? three. Well, there could have been others. There could have been others. 
I, I, oh, here it is. Here's the best cake. Office party cake. Because you're getting paid to eat it. You're also just buying a cake that people can eat. No one's going to Instagram the office party cake. So it's not going to be fondant. It will be frosting. Yeah, oh, true. Yeah, so best taste to look ratio. And you're getting paid to eat it. There's nothing better. You're not doing your work. Thank you. Now I'm uplifted. Listeners, come find us. We're online. I'm on Twitter at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia's there at Fatal Amelia, and we could be found collectively at Scooby underscore Dues. Is this is this episode about a wedding, a Scooby Doo, or a Scooby Don't, or is it a Scooby? If anyone has anything to stop this wedding, speak now. Or forever hold your peace. Forever hold your due. You know what? For this one, and not just because it's the title, I Scooby Dooby Doo. I think there are enough fun moments in this. I think it's got a good villain. I might just be saying it because of the title, but I've made my choice, and that's the bed that I'm going to lie in. The villain's fine. It's it's like the musical Banshee, and I liked her, I guess. I hate weddings, but, I mean, this is a fake one, and even if it was a real one, it's not one that's gonna fucking last. Uh, Scooby, maybe, whatever. You know what? It's better than a lot of weddings I've gone to in real life. It's got a lot more excitement. Did you not once go to a wedding where, like, the Jurassic Park theme played? Yeah. <laughs> As, like, the song that they were gonna dance to? That was to? pretty good. I definitely went to... That was to... good. To one of my cousin's weddings where someone from the other side of the family got kicked out for drunken disconduct. You mean misconduct? What's disconduct? They were just throwing sick burns at everyone at the wedding? And on that note... That's it from Scooby-Dooby-Us. To Scooby-Dooby-Oo! As I now go to the bedroom and practice my elocution lessons... Because I apparently can't get anything out of this fat gob of mine. He called a cross stitch earlier a crotch stitch. Yeah, it's just, it's getting worse and he worse. He said I had done a crotch stitch, and I'm not happy about it. I just need to learn to move my... It's because I'm not talking outside of these podcasts. This is the only time I'm ever talking, people. Oh, please, I wish. ha <laughs> ha.